0: the sky! Look! It's a bird! It's a plane!
1: It's Matt Spectro, through the multiverse! Hello, and thank you for joining us for another exciting episode of Matt Spectro through the multiverse. I am your host, Matt Spectro, lifetime comic fan, lifetime animation fan, lifetime superhero fan. And you have tuned into the podcast exclusively talking comic book animation. Thank you for joining us and welcome to episode 66. Before we get into everything, I'm going to briefly explain the rules. Rule number one, comic book animation. I said that 66 times. You should have caught on by now. Rule number two. Big fan of the old team-up books. DC Comics presents Marvel Team-Up Marvel 2-in-1. This is a team-up podcast every week. Me and a special guest talking comic book animation. Rule number three, and most important, we gotta have fun. Like I said, welcome to episode 66. Before we get into this week's topic, I'm gonna bring my guest. This is pretty exciting. This is the first ever international episode of Matt Spector. Oh yeah, (laughs) the first ever A first in history international episode of Matt Spectra through the multiverse. As I'm going to bring on my host, my guest host, I should say. He's uh the co-host of that superhero thing podcast. Welcome to the multiverse, my Twitter pal, Nick.
0: <laughs> Thank you for having me. I'm dead honored to be your first international guest as well. I'm impressed with that. I like that. Good.
1: <laughs> well, I've uh you're one of the the first people I ever really not one of one of the first people I didn't know that I started really associating with through Twitter and podcasts. So it's great to have you on.
0: Oh, it's brilliant to be here. Long time, long time listener, first-time guest on your show. So I am I'm very happy to be here.
1: So uh before we get into it, I'm gonna say because what we're gonna be reviewing is fairly recent. There's gonna be some massive spoilers on this episode. And number two. This is two guys who, uh, we don't necessarily claim to be experts. We're just giving our two cents. So, uh, <laughs> don't get upset if we get it wrong or you don't agree with us.
0: But yeah, this, I'm week- not an <laughs>
1: <laughs> this week we are going to be talking invincible. This was actually your idea. You wanted to talk invincible. So are you a fan of the, uh, comic and the animation or just the animation? Or- I'll be
0: honest. I didn't even know it was a comic until I heard it was announced. I, I, saw, I saw a trailer for it. It was it. <laughs> So the trailer came out when we first started doing the show. So we started our show in February last year, uh, and it was as soon as we saw the trailer, we thought that we want to cover that. So we yeah, we did cover it. We covered the whole series in in one episode, basically. But genuinely been a fan of it ever since. Thought I mean, you know, spoilers. I thought it was a really good series, and I can't <laughs> wait for series two and three because season three got announced as well, didn't it? So uh, yeah, keen to talk about it again.
1: Well, I discovered the comic later in life. I didn't read it when it came out okay, and I have not read every issue. I've read the first trade and I've read some of the issues since then. So I, I have somewhat knowledge, but I wouldn't, I haven't read the whole series. So I would not call myself an expert
0: from what you've read. What's better, the book or the series?
1: Well, it's hard to say because one of the differences, the pacing of the book is a lot different than the, uh, than the animation. Um, there's more of a slow build going on and they, I, I wouldn't say the show is rushed, but they get to the things. A lot quicker. They streamlined a little bit, which I can understand on the show. And uh, the big reveal of the first episode, which we're going to get to, that doesn't happen. They build up to that. That happens later on. Oh, does uh, it? Oh, okay. In the comic book. So we're, we're first going to get into a little background on the comic itself, created by uh, the one only uh, Robert Kirkman, who everybody should know is also the uh, the creator of The Walking Dead as well. Yeah. He's really credited as the creator, um, but uh, the artists were uh, Corey Walker and Ryan Oatley. And it first was published back in 2003, which is crazy to think that that's almost 20 years ago.
0: Yeah, I didn't realize it was that old, to be honest.
1: Uh, Image Comics ran for 144 issues, ended in 2018. Now, at the time, uh, Jim Valentino, who's one of the guys running Image, uh, he had wanted Kirkman to uh, do something for him. And I believe he originally had pitched... uh, seance dog or is it science dog yeah <laughs> which is a talking mystery solving dog which i gotta be honest uh, <laughs> i like invincible but that, that's something i, I wouldn't mind uh, reading yeah i would
0: be all right with that I, he kept ca- well again spoilers he cameos in the to a degree cameos in the series doesn't he so uh yeah i didn't and again i didn't even know i thought it was just something that was written for the for the tv series to be honest
1: and i guess valentino came back to him and said yeah we like you guys and want to work with you, but uh,
0: <laughs> not that much. T-
1: talking mystery solving dogs. <laughs> can you come up with something better than that? <laughs> so, uh, Kirkman has joked that Invincible actually kind of came up on the fly because once their talking dog comic got rejected, they had to come up with something
0: else. Something else quick, yeah.
1: And it came up with Invincible. Now, he says that it comes from, uh, he was always a fan of uh, teenage superheroes. And he said, back when uh, this was created, there weren't a lot of them running around. Um, it's hard for me to put my head back to that time period. I, I I, think Tim Drake had his own series going. I think the Young Justice comic book was probably being published back in 2003. But I mean, Marvel didn't really, I can't think of any Marvel teen superheroes Maybe I ultimate Spider Man. Maybe it started at that point.
0: Okay, yeah, that sounds about right. I mean, I'm not we don't. I don't read many comics to be honest. We're more sort of like into it since the TV series and the uh, and the movies. But uh, yeah, it's good to get a bit of an understanding of sort of like where it's come from, definitely.
1: Um, and uh, what he wanted to do was uh, he wanted to. Uh, it gets overused the term now of the deconstruction of the superheroes, but uh, yeah, he wanted to kind of deconstruct, but more in the sense of just make it like the Marvel universe, but you know where things happen that never really happened in Marvel. Like the fight scenes in particular are yeah. pati- are particularly uh, ridiculous <laughs> in a, in a good way. What I do like about it and especially the, the cartoon, which we're going to get into is uh, you actually see real ramifications from these incredibly powered super beings beating the crap out of each other like so often in comics and the mcu particularly is a complaint of mine is no matter what your powers are your bones don't seem to break you seem to be able to like fall three stories land on a car and like nothing even happens
0: yeah it's a stupid way of probably saying it but it's it's quite grounded for for a superhero cartoon (laughs) which doesn't sound right but it but it is it's more it's as realistic as you can get i suppose without being boring
1: and Kirkman says about the comic and the animation that part of it is uh, he has a love for actual superheroes and it does actually show in the material Like as opposed to the, the boys' comic book where Garth Ennis' disdain for superhero is clear yeah. on pretty much every single page. So it started where it was actually going to be a live-action film that uh, Evan Goldberg and Seth Rogen were going to produce their production company. And supposedly they're still... Their production company supposedly is still in the development stage of an invincible film. Okay. Uh, whether or not that'll ever see the light of day is, uh,
0: nah. they, yeah, it'd be interesting to see it, but I think they probably have to, with, with them getting a at least a season two and three, I don't think they'd want to go down the route of, of releasing that now, but if it's something that could come in the future, maybe that'd be decent.
1: Uh, so I believe Robert Kirkman had signed an exclusive deal with Amazon prime where he was going to produce some material. And one of the things was uh, the Invincible cartoon. Uh, The animators are Wind, Sun, Sky, and the producers are Point Grey Pictures, Skybound Entertainment, and Amazon Studios. And he has a hand in, uh, unlike some of the writers kind of pass it off on sometimes, he has a hand in the development and some of the writing of the show. In fact, he wrote the first episode. Right, okay. So we're going to go back to, not that far, we're going to go back to the first episode, which was called It's About Time released march 25th 2021
0: and that was fairly recent
1: to your uh your podcast uh debuting it was group. yeah
0: it was week, weeks into our podcast debut, and i think this was like episode 10 or 12 that we did so uh yeah it was very early days don't go back and listen to it listeners it wasn't very good <laughs> <laughs> it's not particularly good now but we're better <laughs>
1: <laughs> getting better every time now uh Seth, like I said, Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg are also the executive producers of the animated show. The showrunner is a, uh, Simon, uh, I'm going to try not to butcher this Raca Rasio. I don't know. It's spelled R-A-C-I-O-P-P-A. How do you think that's pronounced? No
0: idea. I'm not even going to agree
1: it. Simon. No, How uh, you do it? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go uh, rusopa. That's what I'm going to go with.
0: Sounds good. Let's go with
1: that. The series ran eight episodes. Like I said the first episode was written by Robert Kirkman uh and also directed by uh, Robert Valley. Um so you went into this cold you didn't really know anything about Invincible when you watched it the first time.
0: No no literally just the tra- uh, the two trailers I think it was but yeah we didn't know what it was going to be knew it was going to be graphic is probably the word and a bit more grown up but uh yeah certainly didn't expect it to be as as full on as it was, to be honest. Um, but it was it was it was a pleasant surprise. I don't like shows or movies when they go really graphic with things just for the sake of it. But if it, if it contributes to the story, I'm okay with it. And I think this sort of towed the line really, really well. It didn't feel overdone. It just felt like it worked for the show. And I think the fact it's a cartoon helped as well.
1: So I'm not gonna. We're- I'm not gonna jump in and tell you what, but the the plot twist this first episode must have really uh floored you when it happened.
0: Yeah, it did, yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely.
1: <laughs> yeah, we're gonna don't worry. I know I've referenced it twice. We're gonna get to that. We'll get there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so um now uh we're gonna go over some of the principal characters. Um I think uh the comic and the show. Jo- I think what's uh, like I said, what I think is really good about all of this is that it's it's a good mix of the fantastical nature of superhero comics, but also uh, grounded in reality, but not that I, I hate the trope of to be realistic, everybody's got to be an asshole, and everybody's gonna <laughs> like it doesn't fall under that trap
0: it's not dark that's the thing normally when you get when you... When you get something that's realistic it's dark and gritty and this isn't it's like you just said it it is still fantastical but it brings in that element of realness and i think that's why it's different to anything we have had it's a good mix between the fantastical and the more adult stuff so i think that's why it appealed to so many people because it was so different and it's why it was so memorable as well
1: it could have been easy to fall into the trap of not taking itself seriously but the fact that yes it takes itself seriously really lends to the quality of uh, the comic and the, and the show. Now there's been some differences. I, I'm not, I'm not going to be giving to a checklist cause I haven't read every issue. Uh, there's uh, it's like more streamlined. Some of the things happen quicker out of order on the cartoon compared to the comic. There was some, uh, race swapping done. Uh, I believe Amber is not, if I remember correctly, it's been a while since I read it, but Amber is not black in the comic book. And uh, oh, okay. I'm pretty sure. Uh, and Mark Grayson is not, uh, biracial as well. Um, oh right. Those are additions to the, uh, to the comic. Do you remember uh, the debate on social media? Some people hated Amber, hated that character with a passion. Like that was a. Don't real- remember that.
0: No, <laughs> no. Why? Just because of the, just because of the character, or?
1: Yeah, some people thought she was just, uh, like, was just like yelling and nasty and was bitching for no reason and all that.
0: I don't. I don't remember that. I don't remember it massively because I think because there's so many massive memorable characters in the series i I don't remember but um i'll see what see what happens in episode one again
1: i kind of stood up for i figured like what she's going through and the guy's keeping secrets and he's not very reliable (laughs) like
0: yeah yeah
1: like who wouldn't get in a relationship and get mad
0: about that exactly and again it's probably more realistic as well
1: so uh invincible himself mark grayson he's voiced by uh steven yen Mm -hmm. i apologize if i said the name wrong most famously, everyone should know he played Glenn on The Walking Dead. He did. But he's also done some voice acting. He's been in some, uh, he was in Voltron, Legendary Defender, and Stretch Armstrong. Oh, so right, a, okay. Yeah, he's not new to voice acting as well. No. Omni-Man is uh, voiced by the the great J.K. Simon. I can't say. <laughs> the great J.K. Simmons, who everyone should know has played J. Jonah Jameson in the original Spider-Man Trilogy. Uh, they brought him back for the uh, the Tom Holland trilogy. He's voiced He's that in- good. <laughs> I wasn't until I started doing the show that I really realized that they've brought him back to voice JJJ like over numerous uh, Spider-Man cartoons.
0: I didn't know that. Yeah, he was
1: on. I think uh, Ultimate Spider-Man. I think uh, either Spectacular or one of the other uh, Spider-Man's that they brought him back. He also played Commissioner Gordon in the Snyderverse.
0: He did. And And he did. He was playing Commissioner Gordon in the background movie as well,
1: but we weren't talking about that. Not apparently not anymore. I I refuse to believe that's never going to get released. I just I just cannot buy that's never going to get released. But who who knows? And uh, who knows? And I'm uh, we're we're watching episode one. It's about time. So we're only going over the the characters that appear on that episode. Not so we're going to leave some people out. Don't don't freak out on me. Debbie Grayson is voiced by uh, Sandra O. Her most famous role, to my knowledge, is uh, Christina Yang on Grey's Anatomy.
0: I believe so. Yeah, Anthony's right. a big fan of uh, Anthony, my <laughs> a big fan of Grey's Anatomy. Never watched an episode personally, but I believe it's
1: really good. My my wife loves it, so I've seen a handful of episodes. And uh, she also voiced uh, Castapella on the new Shira cartoon.
0: Oh, okay. Not seen that either.
1: I have not. I've seen the original.
0: Uh, I as have I. I've <laughs> not seen
1: the new one. Another show that caused a big shitstorm on on Twitter. But these days, what, what doesn't cause a shitstorm on social media? Exactly. <laughs> now, his best friend, William Clockwell, he's voiced by an Andrew Runnells. He has done a lot of, uh, I had never really heard of him, but he's done a lot of voice work. He, done, uh, he His biggest claim to fame was he was in the original uh, run of The Book of Mormon on Broadway. Okay. But he's done a bunch of voice work for uh, uh, animes dubbed English. He also voiced on uh, the 90s cartoon Street Sharks. You might be Street
0: Sharks. <laughs> I remember Street Sharks. <laughs> <All right. laughs>
1: he did voices on the Pokemon and anim- uh, dubbing. He also was a uh, he does a voice on Big Mouth as well. So. Oh,
0: okay, yeah, yeah, I've seen that as
1: well. He's kind of a minor character, but uh, because of who does his voice, I had to mention him. Art Rosenbaum, voiced by the one, the only Luke Skywalker himself. Yes, Mark, ha- Mark Hamill. That was a surprise. I think at this point, if you're doing a cartoon that isn't strictly at kids, you're, you're contractually obligated to include Mark marketable.
0: I believe that.
1: <laughs> I mean, lots of other great people show up and appear, but uh, those are basically the, the main players of this episode that we're going to watch. It's about time. Now, I haven't watched this since it debuted over a year ago, so it's, uh, it's going to be interesting to watch it again. So, on that note, we are going to take a break. And we're going to watch Invincible. It's about time. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Dr. Piranoid's attacking the city. Time to fly. Shark attack. Shark attack. Street sharks. Jetpack jam. Fires up his new jetpack to battle Piranoid with his liquid laser gun. Bends. Skies Surf thin. Reptile shoots his blood-sucking eels. But wait. Slugger slam to the rescue. They're no match for the Street Sharks! Uh, Street Sharks figures, each sold separately, only from Mattel. Son, kids your age think they're invincible. And it holds them back, makes them careless.
0: You hear it? I do. Were you nervous? A little. <laughs> oh, crap. Oh my God, oh my God. I can do this! You need something to punch.
1: This is the beginning of a long journey for you, son. Oh. The thing is... You're different. You actually are. Three weeks from tonight. I told you never to page me at the hospital unless. Grey's Anatomy returns with an all-new episode. There was an accident. With a life-changing moment. For these doctors I cannot trust you And everyone Are we together or are we not? In their world Do you want me to stand here talking to you or save your baby's life? It's the Golden Globe nominee for Best Drama An all-new episode of Grey's Anatomy Three weeks from tonight after an all-new Ugly Betty on ABC Meanwhile, at the Podcast of Justice And we are back. and We just watched Invincible. It's about time. Before we get break down the episode, I gotta say, uh, I really like the uh, the animation style. is really uh, really similar to the comic. Really good. It's uh, it's a little bit more more polished, but uh, I think it really lends itself well to the material. Yeah. I,
0: do you know what? I know. I know. Obviously, you're gonna go into the episode a bit more detail, but. It is more polished, but I I couldn't help but see that in a couple of places where characters were maybe getting a bit angry, it looked like it got a little bit less polished. And I wondered whether that was a like a like an artistic choice to make the characters look a bit more frenzied. Hopefully. Hopefully it's not just cheap animation, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I thought that if that's what they were going for, I liked it. I appreciated that little twist.
1: Uh, so we got a big opening scene where uh, the Mahler twins... Uh, They show up to attack the White House. Yeah. I mean, good Lord, right Right off the bat, we're uh, we're (laughs) attacking. I always thought this about Marvel, DC, like, how the Secret Service, like, (laughs) can ever protect the president with this many menaces running around.
0: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, they just ran straight past that one in the first five minutes of the episode. I like that.
1: And uh, the Mahler twins have a huge debate during the fight about which one is the real one which one is a clone which seems to be a a running gag throughout the episode yeah definitely they say how uh it's not enough to kill the president they got to make a spectacle so they can show everyone that he is not safe they have a big fight with the the guardians of the globe which is basically their version of the justice league
0: it is pretty much all pretty much voiced by the uh, The walking dead cast yeah (laughs) all members of the walking dead cast
1: uh, they got um, Red Rush, the Immortal.
0: Yeah, so I think Red Rush was Michael Cudlitz. Um, who was Abraham. They had the Immortal, which was Ross Marquand, which who uh, was um, Aaron? Is it from Walking Dead? And the Red uh, Skull.
1: I believe so. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and then who else did they have? They had War Woman, which was Lauren Powerland.
1: Dark. Uh, was it was a Darkwing.
0: Darkwing was Lenny James. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, and then they had Martian Man, which was Chad L. Coleman. And then Green Ghost, which was Sinequa Martin Green as well. So it's just, it's, it's, it's just, it, it's made by the same guys who made The Walking Dead, isn't it? To a degree. So it made sense that they brought them back to reunite with Glenn.
1: <laughs> and uh, Omni Man is kind of like an honorary member. He shows up during the fight. Up, yeah. Comics really love uh, tributes and knockoffs of the Justice League when you, <laughs> when you really think about it. The Immortal, I particularly like. I believe in the comic, they later on revealed that the Immortal was Abraham Lincoln.
0: Oh, do they? I like that. <laughs> I can see it. I can see it. But yeah, good shout that.
1: Uh, which I'm hoping, I'm hoping that's going to come up on the on the cartoon at some point. Yeah, that'd be good. Because I do remember a later episode, they did a whole flashback to his history where he was basically like Vandal Savage, where he's been alive, the immortal, forever.
0: He was, yeah. yeah. So I don't remember I'm, him being Abraham Lincoln, though, but
1: I'd be all right with that. I'm hoping that they're going to bring that up.
0: Fight. Spoilers for season two. <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. the fight is uh, is uh, pretty awesome. Very superheroish. Is a great scene where uh, Red Rush runs a lot of people away to safety. Where yeah, he does it too fast, so they all end up puking. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> Again,
0: realism is what you want.
1: Well, I gotta think. I mean, if you could suddenly on a vehicle that's going like the speed of sound, like uh, that's gotta wreak havoc on your system. Exactly. Exactly we switched to Mark's house where originally he's sitting on the toilet and his mother, his mother barges in
0: reading seance dog. Yeah. Reading seance <laughs> <laughs> news in that.
1: And, uh, he ends up watching it on the news, the white house and his, his mother just like blows it off. Like it's nothing like, ah, uh, they build that, they rebuild that white house twice a year. Exactly. Yeah. I always, uh, not as a kid, but as an adult, always got on my nerves that we always had the same president in the real world as the comics. Cause if you had things like superheroes, that'd be, I, I think it would change the course of who actually got elected. For,
0: for Just a, a bat Yeah. Just a bit. <laughs> so
1: Omni-Man shows up. Uh, <laughs> Mark doesn't like that. They're, uh, they're kind of uh romantic with each other. Show. show yes. Yeah. Well, she has the odd line of saying you should be overjoyed to see your parents passionately showing love for each other.
0: <laughs> yeah. Kid. <laughs>
1: Now I have two stepchildren and two kids of my own and I don't know if they'd be overjoyed to see me and my wife, uh, passionately no.
0: <laughs> <laughs> try it, try it. And if they kick off, just say they shouldn't be overjoyed.
1: So they, they discuss the fact that Mark doesn't have any powers and, uh, that on Valerium, I mean, Valerium, <laughs> we're talking about game of Thrones, <laughs> Voltron. Oh my God. I can't Voltrum Voltrum. There we go. The the planet that Omni-Man is from, like most Voltrums, uh, their powers kick in by what would be considered their 18th birthday. So they're a little concerned that Mark doesn't have any powers. Yeah. And there's a great scene of Mark outside trying to jump up and down, hoping that he could fly, (laughs) which he he did not. You do got to wonder if, uh, Flying the first time, like, what would you do Do you? Do you jump off a building? Do you just try and keep jumping up and down? Like, what would just you Just throw do? yourself
0: off a building. <laughs> just, just go big or go home.
1: <laughs> so then we were at high school where we first meet uh, his best friend, William. He says kind of a disturbing thing about Omni-Man being hot.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> Even comments on his mustache.
0: Oh, yeah. I remember that, yeah for very very it's it just likes to be uncomfortable with family family intimacy should we say now
1: how they don't know omni man's his dad because he it's not like he does a clark Kent. he doesn't even wear a pair of glasses he looks like the exact same guy exactly there's a big scene where uh todd who's uh he's harassing amber um, yeah <laughs> Has a great line that made me laugh it's just so typical when she he's when she turns him down and says what are you a lesbian or something <laughs> <laughs> uh, like, that's like the and the 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 go to the go to if you you want to you want to <laughs> establish this guy's a jerk and a woman doesn't have any interest immediately go to the lesbian <laughs> but uh mark tries to intervene but uh before he can even like blink uh todd's already punched him <laughs> Yeah. Right right in the face. Amber uh, saves him with a swift kick to the balls. She does. And then uh, we get the scene after where Mark's at his job, which comes really out of the comic where he's throwing trash away and he throws a bag yeah. pretty, pretty much in the yeah. atmosphere. Okay. And says, It's about time.
0: So does it, I know, obviously, you said the pacing doesn't go along with the comics necessarily, but generally i mean you know from what you've seen again from episode one and obviously you know you know what happens in the rest of the series does it tend to follow the comics
1: a lot of the stuff does um they've rushed it a little bit the the they had this fight with the mauler like him on the toilet him not having his powers them talking about it the scene of him throwing the thing all that happens but it's a little bit rushed parts of it and uh some of the character introductions happen at different points in time okay like i said anyone out there who's read read it faithfully i i haven't read it all so uh we're we're talking more of the animation than the comic itself yeah but then at dinner he's pretty excited uh to tell his parents that he's finally got his powers and uh, omni-man says they're going to start training tomorrow i like how they don't they don't uh they there's kind of a concern but they're more kind of excited about it like they've been waiting for this to happen
0: yeah definitely and uh, he has a
1: flashback to a and this scene is one of the many scenes I think is why this is such a good thing is, is dad giving him the puberty talk, but also talking about how he'll probably get his superpowers when he hits puberty. And we get the backstory on, uh, on Voltram, how Volt- Voltram, how it's basically Superman, except their civilization never ended.
0: and they're Yeah, always, it is, isn't it? Yeah.
1: And they're sending like emissaries to new planets to and he volunteered to become Earth's protector.
0: So he says. So he says. <laughs> yeah.
1: We'll be getting to that. uh,
0: I can't wait to talk about that last scene.
1: (laughs) Um, So they're going to train. He tells him to get rest, but like any good teenager, he doesn't listen. Uh, Yeah. He tries to fly by jumping off the roof like we just talked about. Can't blame him. (laughs) And uh, he does finally fly and really is this beautifully like scored scene, beautiful animated scene of him flying where he even goes into the atmosphere at one point because, uh, he tries to avoid getting hit by a plane. Yeah. Yeah. I think the music really helps because the music is very heroic, very like original Superman movie kind of score, which I think really lends to, to just you getting into what's going on. Like,
0: yeah, it's a good callback, isn't it? Anything, anything that sort of brings back that sort of memory, and especially when you've got a show, which is so different in some ways it's sort of bringing it back to the fact that it is a superhero, not movie, but TV series. And I think it tries to sort of lull you into a false sense of security of this is your old style Superman superhero movie so that when it throws stuff at you like the end scene, it's more of a shock.
1: And uh, I think it also, uh, we really all can identify with what someone would do if they suddenly did get superpowers, even if they were ready for it. Definitely. He does run out of oxygen, which uh, (laughs) causes him to crash which pretty much causes a huge crater in the ground every time he does. Yeah. And uh, then we flip to the next morning where he does the actual training. He's trying to teach him to fly saying how essentially he's like when a baby first learns to walk, it's the same type of thing. You got to learn how to fly. Makes sense. How you need to relax your muscles. And he says how it's like peeing your pants on purpose.
0: It's impossible. <laughs> I have tried it. <laughs> I was tempted. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and then they have a great scene where he tells them to land, but, uh, not only can he not slow down, he can't land period and crashes and causes another crater. Yeah. Actually, even though he's like kind of invulnerable, he's actually in pain. A lot of times when these things happen. Yeah.
0: Again, it's a realism, isn't
1: it? Yeah. That's what I think. Anyway, they work on punching where he can't land a single blow on Omni, man. But, uh, Omni-Man punches him right in the stomach, pretty much knocking the wind out of him. He does apologize, uh, but uh, he says, tries to give him a speech about how, you know, in these real-life supervillain things, nobody's going to hold back.
0: He's probably right, but it's pro- early days at the same time, you know what I mean? It's the fir- first training session, he just punches him straight in the gut. It's like, you're going to teach him, but maybe slow down a little bit.
1: Yeah, that'd be kind of like if your son wanted the box and the first sparring lesson you like punched him as hard as you exactly. could. Exactly. Right? Exactly, yeah.
0: <laughs> get used to it, son. <laughs>
1: and when they get back, his mom asks him if maybe he pushed him too far. And Omni Man at this point gets really angry, like uh Yeah. Are you questioning me? <laughs> and uh she uh is a little taken back by it. Stands up to him though. It does stand up to him, which I like. She doesn't ever uh cower in fear. She, from Not him, him or Mark, she actually is, I think, written really well as of a of a woman with no powers dealing with a fantastical word where both her son and husband do have superpowers. Definitely. After uh, Omni-Man kind of calms down, he does say that maybe things would be better if Mark never got his powers, which, at the time, this is also a good twist. This is good to set up the twist because y- you kind of think that he's just like a concerned father, but... We're going to get into it soon. Yes. Why? Why, <laughs> why he really doesn't like the fact like his life might be better without the powers. Yeah. Next day at school, the classic superhero bully scene where so the, the guy getting picked on has powers and he's going to stand up to the bully and Todd hits him a bunch of times, but it has no effect. And then he does the classic, calls him a freak, just like in Spider-Man one. Where exactly. Top- <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's exactly
0: what I was thinking about. Yeah. <laughs>
1: When uh, Toby Maguire beat up Flash Thompson, and they all called him a freak. Next scene we get is him, uh, <laughs> with a uh, he has a terrible makeshift costume with like a yellow bandana over the face, and goggles, just terrible. There's uh, two criminals with basically a kind of a version of the thing, helping them escape. Was,
0: Hi, uh, and his name is I think he's voiced by uh, Mahershala, Mahershala Ali, which is, I, uh, who's obviously going to be Blade. Yeah. see I, you. So again,
1: another the big name, isn't it? Yeah. A lot of big names. Also, uh, Walter Goggins is going to show up doing a voice later on. He I does, Doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Ezra Miller, I think, uh, does a voice later on in the show. Is so.
0: Ezra Miller in this? <laughs> yeah. Not
1: in this so, episode. Not this episode, but these are people that show up through the course. I think Clancy Brown does a voice on this Nancy as Brown well.
0: Clancy Brown does, doesn't he? Ah, oh, who does, who does Ezra Miller play? I'm not, oh, I don't know who he is. DA Sinclair, apparently. But yeah, yeah. No, I didn't know that. didn't know
1: that. Oh, the Rockman asked who the hell he is. And he says, uh, still working on that. You got any suggestions? She <laughs> says, captain guy. Who's got a whole punch through him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she says, doesn't really roll off the tongue. Um, Not really. <laughs> that almost sounds like a, like a, a manga or an, uh, anime character, you know, captain guy, guy, guy who got a whole punch. through.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I could, I'd go with that.
1: And after he beats uh, Titan, he says that, uh, Maybe I should call myself ass kicker. but He decides that's too willfully childless.
0: Yeah. I think it's good.
1: They have an encounter with Omni-Man where he says he uh, might've jumped a few steps and Grayson gets a uh, really Mark Grayson gets really hot that he wants him to, he wants to prove Omni-Man wrong that he's got what it's take, and he wants him to hit him.
0: Yeah, he does. Doesn't he? Yeah.
1: And I uh, kind of a good scene where it kind of breaks down just explaining that, uh, he just wants to be like omni-man he wants to prove he could be like him which i think is another example of really good writing of not everyone but most males want to be like their father regardless of what their father is so i think i think that really establishes a good relationship between the two of them
0: i know obviously this is a superhero cartoon at the end of the day but it's quite deep at the same time when you think about it it's got it's got really the sort of deep tones in the rest of the whole thing about him wanting to be his dad Obviously, we know where it goes, and he is becoming his dad, but he has to sort of try and stop himself from becoming his dad. Even when he has the encounter with his mom in the yard, and he says, to, she says, get inside, and he says, make me. That's his dad coming through, but even subconsciously, he doesn't know his dad is like that, but it's like the real Omni man's coming through, and I think it's quite a good, obviously, no spoilers for where it goes, but where it does go, it's a, as well as a physical battle, it's an emotional battle as well. Sorry, I went really
1: deep there, but go on. <laughs> <laughs> that's why. That's why you're on the show to add your expertise.
0: <laughs> I wouldn't go as far as expertise, Matt.
1: <laughs> so uh, we go to the tailor shop. We first meet Art Rosenbaum, who has a room full of superhero costumes. He's basically uh, uh what's that girl's name from The Incredibles? Uh, Edna, Edna Mode. The, yes. Edna Mode. <laughs> he's basically Edna Mode, where he's got he makes all the costumes for the superheroes. He's got a bunch. They first give him a costume, kind of similar to the Invincible costume, but it's orange and yellow. Yeah. Uh, he says it's uh, loud, and Omni Man says, "Not your best work, even." Uh, and he says he's looking for something a little more iconic, which uh, he tells him is, uh, <laughs> "That's what everybody says."
0: I can imagine.
1: He says to come up with a name, because then he can design the costume around a name. I could see that, even though some people design their name around the powers, and then they then they go to the costume, but
0: yeah. Makes
1: sense. And then we have the conversation where, well, we switch to him trying to practice, and he crashing into the backyard. Where we get that scene with his mom, where his mom tells him the tells his mom to make him get back in the yard, and she says how uh, you know that does that ask him if it makes him feel strong to to know that she can't do anything physically to him, which kind of snaps him out of it. Which uh,
0: definitely you know, back straight down doesn't
1: it? She gives a story about how uh, it used to be her and. Her son, they were the normal ones, and their dad was Omni-Man. And now, it looks like it's just going to be her on the side. And uh, he even says a line about how uh, he's no longer nothing special like his mom.
0: <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't get that bad, no. Yeah.
1: <laughs> he says, I'm nothing special just like you, which <laughs> I I know what he's saying, but obviously anybody would take that. Not <laughs>
0: worded the best way, but yeah, fair enough.
1: Not a compliment. <laughs>
0: no. The thought was there, but... <laughs> No, excuse very well.
1: and then uh they have a scene of uh they're playing catch around the world where they're backs to each other, and they're basically throwing the baseball all the way around the atmosphere, which is a pretty cool scene. He gives them a really good pep talk about you know life and being a superhero and how, like most teenagers, he thinks he's invincible, but unlike the rest of them, you actually are invincible. yes. Some might disagree. It's a bit cheesy, but I think it's actually a good way to set up coming up with the
0: name. How else are you going to come up with the name Invincible? You can either go down the really cocky route of just thinking he's the big I am, which is not the character of Mark. Or you can go down this route where it's sort of just slipped into conversation and I think you went with the better choice.
1: I know a lot of people say this, like especially like Homelander and a lot of evil superheroes, that they're relatable, quote unquote relatable. But <laughs> I think they actually he make relates
0: to Homelander.
1: <laughs> I think they make Omni Man a better example of a somewhat relatable Superman knockoff who isn't the best intentions all the time.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, he doesn't come across in this um, again, you know, talking about the series, but certainly in this first episode, he doesn't come across as the whole thing's fake. Like Homelander does, he it comes across as he's really sort of struggling with the idea of not being the hero that his son thinks he is, but also that the dad that his son thinks he is. So it's definitely much more relatable, and I think that's why it. I mean, not to say that Homelander doesn't work because Homelander's a fantastic character, but again, it's something a bit different, isn't it?
1: Well, yeah, I mean, Homelander works in the way he's intended to work, but I get so annoyed when people say he's like relatable and. uh say that say
0: (laughs) who relates to him (laughs) or they say like
1: that's what superman would be like in uh and i don't know
0: i can see that i can see
1: depending on who got the powers, that someone could be just like that as superman but i don't know where at what point in comics they got the idea that being an asshole is is realistic and relatable like there are plenty of people i know who aren't assholes
0: No, exactly, yeah. I think it's it's showing what power would, the power would do though and how easy it would be to turn. But yeah, I like to think I like to think that a lot of people wouldn't turn into Homelander if they had the powers. But yeah, you you never know. Hopefully we will never know. So
1: the the next scene is a really, really good scene. Well animated, well scored, where Invincible's in his new is the classic blue and yellow costume. He's flying around the city. The music is like really, really? good. Yeah, it's just great. Like it's very heroic it's really what the show needed to establish him as the character without like resorting to the trope of this guy is perfect like you know like he's
0: it's heroic. more modern as well isn't it yeah that's the that's thing it's like when, when you saw him trying to fly and I suppose again i'm getting deep here but when you saw him trying to learn to fly earlier on in the episode and it was the more sort of original superman type score it was potentially him trying to be the hero that he isn't and now he's his own hero and he's got a more modern tune and a more modern theme and it's working for him this time. And I think that the difference between the two, the contrast of the two is really good.
1: And I think that the show really wouldn't work if they didn't do a lot to make Mark seem like a heroic person. Exactly. Like flaws like anybody else, but at his core, you know, trying to the, do the right thing. Trying to, exactly. Yeah. And then he gets into a fight with a, a guy who's essentially claw from the Marvel universe. Like he's, yeah. he's got the giant cannon arm. <laughs> yeah, And, uh, he pretty much, uh, the guy doesn't give him any trouble. Mark pretty much defeats him easily.
0: I loved it when the guy was talking to the police and the police are shooting him and he turns around. And he's like, I've just shot a hole in a building. <laughs> what are you doing? Trying to beat me? <laughs> like, guys, guys, don't be stupid.
1: <laughs> I always wondered how much they pay these cops and these, Comic book worlds like
0: I don't know, not enough.
1: Because you what are you gonna do to these guys? <laughs> and then uh he tells him that he might as well give it up. And the great ending line where when he asks who he is and he says, I'm and then the name Invincible shoots on the screen.
0: The title cards for the, title the, title card. for the episode.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and you get the you get the little blood splatter on the Invincible. Now when I was researching the episode. I didn't realize this uh, until, but apparently the blood is a little bit more every episode.
0: It does, it, yeah, until you get to the, uh, the last episode where you just can't yeah. see, you can't see the Invincible logo anymore. Now, more and more every episode.
1: I noticed it on the final episode, but I didn't notice it going into it where they basically essentially were trying to get across that things were going to get worse and worse as the show progressed.
0: Yeah, subtle clues.
1: The credits start and you think it's over, but then... You get a glimpse into the life of all the Guardians of the Globe. They're all getting like, basically the, the, the signal watch, all telling them to go to the headquarters. This was a good scene. I, I think this was a smart scene because it would have been easy to make these characters just generic, two-dimensional, nothing to them, but we get a glimpse into all of their personal lives and what's going on. And it it makes added the, to
0: the shock value as well, didn't it? Because you don't think, especially with the is it Martian Man, the green, the green one you see this relationship that he's got with this kid and it introduces this kid as a character. And I think you think, maybe even subconsciously, we'll we'll get to know this kid further down the line and we'll get to see more of this relationship. So for them, what it ends up doing, I think it just catches you off guard even more. It lulls you into a false sense of security that surely we can't kill, you know, spoilers, we can't kill off these characters because we're starting to get to, we're just starting to get to know them. I think it's, a really again, a really, really clever way of doing it.
1: Yeah, it's like really smart. Like it makes you kind of invest in all of them a little bit and see more about what's going on. So when what is about to happen happens, (laughs) it has more of an impact. So next, they're all at their headquarters, and none of them know why they're there. None of them set off the signal. Then you get what I rank as maybe the greatest superhero fight scene I've ever seen in my life. Omni-Man shows up and attacks them. And holy crap, this is the most amazing fight scene. It's so
0: brutal and intense all the way through. It's great.
1: This was a, in the comic book, it's like he wipes them out like nothing. Like he kills them with ease and you barely even see it. It happens so fast.
0: Oh, really? Okay.
1: So this, I think, actually works better because they have this ridiculous fight, which is violent and bloody. And Omni-Man's getting beat up at the same time. And you really... I honestly can say in live action or a cartoon, I've never seen anything where you really see the ramifications of superheroes really existed and they're beating the, they're beating the crap out of each other. What really would happen?
0: Exactly. And I don't think at any point of even watching that, I didn't think they're all going to die. I th- even when we, st- I think who dies first, Red Rush dies first. Yeah. He,
1: he literally explodes his skull.
0: <laughs> There's one casualty there to make this feel more, more realistic and add more peril to it. And then another one of them dies, and you think, okay, it's getting really gritty now. And they just keep, die- keep dying. And I thought, someone's going to survive this fight. And they, they don't. I mean, you know, things might happen further down further down the line in the series. But as far as you're concerned with this fight, he, he just annihilates all of them. And again, I just didn't expect it, but I loved it.
1: Like, I knew they all died, but man, the... And maybe they did it deliberately because if you read it, you knew they were going to die, but yes. it, is, it is so much better to me And this, this, the way they did it. Like red rush is like punching him like super fast in the chest, hurting him. You can clearly see it's hurting him, but it doesn't stop yeah. him from literally exploding his head.
0: Exactly. Yeah. It's so good. Very graphic, but I was all right with it.
1: Dark wing. He like grabs by the leg and just throws him against walls, which kills him, which is what would happen unless you were invulnerable. Exactly. I think the, the most brutal, the one that really shocked me the most is when he grabs War Woman's uh, mace and he smashes the fish like right in <laughs> It just destroys it.
0: <laughs> poor, poor Invincible Aquaman because that's what he was at the end of the day.
1: <laughs> and in fact, the immortal and War Woman talk about how he must be uh, being mind controlled or something like that. He would never do this, but they say it doesn't matter. It's either him or them. Exactly. Uh, which I kind of like that they could have easily resorted to the big speech about how heroes don't kill. And what are we going to do? But in the thick of things, if this was really happening, they just do right. Yeah. yeah, That's how they would react. It's just, it's fight or flight as they say. Exactly. War woman. Uh, he like literally twists her head completely. Uh, I only, I honestly thought Martian man or, uh, or war woman. I thought if anyone might survive this, but, uh, nope, no, no, (laughs) no, Um, immortal Man uh, gets like his head, like like with a karate chop, gets his head knocked completely off. They are be- beating the shit, and to their credit, they're beating the shit out of Omni-Man during this time. Yeah, they hold, they hold their
0: own, don't they? Yeah, and I think that, again, that adds to it the fact that he does, I mean, I, obviously you said that it went a different way in the comics. He just went in and wiped them out in seconds, but it, again, makes it a, more, a bit more realistic and adds a, a little bit more flavor to it, I suppose, by not having him just go and wipe them out. I think giving him a little bit of you know, he he can potentially be beaten or at least it's sometimes going to be a struggle to it for him. It adds to it. If he was just going in and wiping it out, you just wouldn't feel like, I don't know. It wouldn't feel that it was, there was as much sort of riding on it for the rest of the series. If you get what I mean, there's, there's potential to beat this guy. And I think that's what you needed.
1: I can't imagine anyone watching that and not being like, holy shit, I got to jump to the next episode. I got to, I got to see exactly.
0: (laughs) What a way to end an episode, an episode one as well, something something like that, that full on.
1: And I like how if you don't know, if you hadn't read the comic, like you're left, like the final shot is Omni-Man passes out after the beating he's took and he's surrounded by the corpses of the heroes he's just killed. Yeah. And you're just like, oh my God, what just happened?
0: <laughs> well, I thought, I mean, again, having not read the comics, I thought he must be being mind controlled by somebody. Because even though there's sort hints as to where it's going in that first episode, that's, what, that's where I thought it was going to be going at first. And again, I think it did a good job of, of sort of, again, lulling you into that false sense of security.
1: It makes him seem like, like what if Superman really didn't take crap from anyone? Like, like what, could you, what could you really do to stop him at this point? Exactly. That was the final shot of just Omni-Man passes out, surrounded by the bloody corpses of the Guardians of the Globe. And there you have it, Invincible. It's about time. Crazy episode. Just even watching it again, the ending left me like, like oh my, more. oh my god, what, just, <laughs> what just happened? I
0: know. Yeah, I'm gonna watch episode two again in
1: a minute. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> but that's what. I mean, we're gonna get into it more when we get to the ranking system. But that's what I think makes the show work so well is like you've established Omni-Man really does have this like bond with his son. Like he really does have a, like a true bond with like, this is the only person on the planet that is like him. Yes. Which makes going in, going further makes the stakes to me seem like so much higher about what the hell. And what are you going to do to a guy who just wiped out seven superheroes? Like, like, I think it was six superheroes, but you know what I mean? Wiped them out like they went through them like a hot knife through butter, as they say.
0: Yeah, definitely. Yeah.
1: Before we get into all the details of what we liked and whatnot, we're going to go to our spectrometer. Anyone new to the show, spectrometers where we rank what we just saw four spectros being perfection, zero spectros being absolute crap. Nick. What are you going to give it? Invincible. It's It's going to do halves. Yes. Halves are acceptable.
0: Three and a half. Three Three and a half because the series gets better.
1: So your only real flaw would be that you you think it just got better from there. I
0: know there's better to come. As as good as that first episode was, I think the very first time I watched it, I thought it was good, but I thought it started a little bit slow for me until the end of the episode. I'll be really honest because that's when it really gets going. But I think once you get to, like, episode three or four of the series, it really comes into its own, and it's really, really good. And it's it's, it's one of the best – it's probably the best animated series that I can recall seeing. But it's up there with some of the best superhero series going. And I think that's the only reason why I wouldn't give it a four to start off with, because I think it gets extremely close to a four later on in the series.
1: Oh, well, I'm trying to think, like, you know, I'm trying to think of – any flaws I can come up with and not give it a, a four, four spectros. Like the music is, I think I'm going to have to go for Cause like the music is great. I love the animation. The voice acting is good. The, the action is off the charts. I, I love the action. I rank it as some of the best action I've ever seen. I, I like the mix of how it doesn't shit on the superhero genre. You can clearly see a, a love for superheroes, Definitely. at the same time of doing the subverting the expectations, but not doing it in the typical way we've been trained to tell us is subverting, like yeah, like playing on the tropes, but clearly done with a love of superheroes and, and what a finish. Like you can't imagine not wanting. And if you haven't seen it, the fight scenes just get more and more insane. Like the, they the fight scene in the final episode is if, is off is ridiculous. Like I've never seen anything like it. Like I thought they couldn't top what they did on this episode, but the fight scene in the final episode of the season is it's insane. <laughs> so yeah, I'm going to go for, I, I think this episode is perfect. I really can't find, I can't find a flaw. Maybe if I read the entire series of the comics, maybe I could find something lo- lost in translation, but uh, no, I'm definitely going to go. I'm going to go four.
0: Okay, fair enough. I'll still be three point five, maybe three point six.
1: What did you think out there? Did you? Well, you couldn't have liked it probably any more than Nick and myself did, but you might have liked it less. So uh, feel free to, if you liked it less, let me know. You can tell me why. No judgment here. Uh, I have the reason I have different people on the show is to get different opinions. Uh, you can go to my uh, social media. I'm at Metspectra on Twitter, and uh, tell me what you thought and why you are there. Give me a follow, or you can go to my Facebook and. Uh, Tell me your two cents there. Matt Spectre, through the multiverse. Normally I ask a question, but we both know the answer. If a child in 2022 came across invincible, (laughs) are they going to enjoy it? No. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, it kind of goes without saying this
0: is
1: (laughs) not meant for children. No. Sad thing is is a kid could start it and kind of get, hooked at the beginning like because of the flashy costumes and not think much of it but then when you get to that finale you're like this is clearly not, not, suitable. <laughs> not suitable for children whatsoever and there you have it folks Invincible it's about time Nick I want to thank you for all this well over a year finding coming and gracing my show from all the way across the pond thank you for having me before we get into anything else uh. At this point in time, the floor is yours. Free plug time. Plug away at everything and anything you want to plug.
0: Feel pressure now? Um, yeah. Well, we've got I said, we've got our uh, we've got our own podcast, that superhero thing podcast. Uh, you can find us on Apple, Spotify, wherever there's podcasts. We are talking. So the day that this releases, we will be starting our breakdown of the She-Hulk series on Disney Plus. Uh, we have new episodes every Friday. So today we'll be reviewing episode one of She-Hulk. I haven't watched it yet hopefully it's good maybe i'm sure it will be
1: i'm hoping i've got uh i've got mixed feelings on some of it uh but I, I'm, I'm willing to give it a shot this is one chance where i think the mcu's like stupid humor is actually gonna work in
0: their favor Yeah, it's gonna pay off massively yeah uh, there, I,
1: I, there's been i talked about it last week there's been some real extreme reactions to uh <laughs> to the she-hulk trailer
0: yes yeah it looks better the second trailer looks better CGI wasn't great, but yeah, they've had time to finish it. hopefully it hopefully it's going to be good hopefully they don't They don't usually have too many really bad projects. Um, I know some people don't like certain things, but yeah, I think I think this will be a it'll be a solid series, I think
1: and I have to ask all the time in America, they say uh, across the pond, is that an expression you guys actually have over there uh
0: i I don't know, I think so, but I don't know if we just get it from u s TV shows and movies. <laughs>
1: Well, I want to thank everyone who joined us. Thank Nick for being here. I really appreciate it. And if uh, you could uh, subscribe to my podcast, I really appreciate it well. And you can always go to my social media and give me your opinions. Give me your thoughts. Give me ideas for guests. And uh, that's going to do it for this week. Thank you again for joining us. And we'll see you again next week for another exciting episode of Matt Spectro Through the Multiverse.
0: See you